Welcome in to another episode of the Esports Network podcast presented, of course, by Esports Network. Today we are talking Madden Ultimate Team. And to do that, I am joined by Zach Neal. He's Mutthead's Esports Program Manager and a shoutcaster for Friday Night Football. How are you doing today, Zach? Doing well, Mitch. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. I'm really excited to talk about Madden Ultimate Team Esports because I was a huge Madden Ultimate Team player back in college. Uh, sophomore year, I think I just grinded Ultimate Team uh, until my joysticks got, got worn out and that was my game. So really excited to talk to somebody who's really involved in the scene. Yeah, you know, uh, MUD is one of those things that came in. I'm a Madden purist and, uh, you know, it kind of took over i started playing it back and i want to say madden 25 and that's when i first got my introduction to the mode and i absolutely fell in love with it to the point that i almost didn't touch regular teams for several years so it's been nice to really get over onto the mutt side of things and and kind of see how that game mode has evolved over the last few years uh really exciting topic yeah it combines all my favorite aspects of sports simulation games which is the card collecting and love collecting trading cards as a kid and you get to collect cards to build your team. It's also got the, the manager aspect of building your team up around and figuring out what kind of team you want to have. And it's really dynamic. It could change constantly versus, you know, you play the normal mode and you play five games with the Rams and you can keep playing with the Rams. But, it you know, it's the same Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Jared Goff, Todd Gurley over and over and over again. And Ultimate Team really provides a lot of flexibility. You don't know what team compositions you're going to be playing against and you could change your team up to, to do some different things. So it's a really dynamic version of sports simulation games. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that this year's iteration of the game, especially Madden 20, they've done a really good job of giving all the players in the NFL or uh, mainly the superstar players in the NFL special abilities that they have that really show on the field when you compare them to players that do not have those abilities, trying to make superstars feel like super, uh, superstars. And that's one of those things that is really going to show through in Mutt because now you're starting to see scheme variety as well as team variety. Whereas in the past, without some of those abilities, even still, you, you talk about the Rams and just using Gurley and Goff and Cup and Robert Woods, um, even in Mutt, you'd start to see some of the same teams over and over and over again, especially at the top levels of competition. But this year, we're seeing a lot of people that are running different offenses and defenses and building those superstars into their schemes to really do the things that they need to do and do well. Okay, so that's really cool. It's, you know, esports has a, has a problem where you have different team compositions you play enough games that like a couple rise to the top and it's really hard for developers to get variety in the, the top level of esports because after so many, so many games, there's just a consensus best strategy. So what are these new features they're introducing? Can you break that down for us? Yeah, so this year the main thing was the superstar X factors. And what those are, those are players that you have goals over the course of a ball game that you have to achieve to get them in the zone. And once they're in the zone, they unlock even more abilities that really show. So for instance, one right now that is very popular, I think almost to the point that EA might end up counterbalancing it and taking it back the other direction, would be the first one free ability. That, for instance, is on Todd Gurley. And what you need to do for that one is you have to get so many 10-yard rushes. I believe that the total is five 10-yard rushes in a ball game to activate his first one free. And what that essentially means is once he gets those five rushes, he goes in the zone and then 
if he goes one-on-one -on -one with a tackler in the open field, your first broken tackle is free, hence the name first one free. Um, so that's the superstar X-Factor ability, but the ones that really show are the passive abilities. Those are the ones that the players have on any down and distance, any score scenario. You don't actually have to do anything to get those active. And some of those things are going to be really impactful in the game as well. So for instance, right now, we're seeing a, a reinvigoration of the run game for the first time in many years in competitive Madden where top level players are running the ball all the time because you have things like the arm bar, which is the ability to really stiff arm anybody or the jukebox, which, uh, you know, you get into a, a phone booth with a guy and your guy can still juke out of that tackle animation. Uh, there's ones for spin moves as well. Uh, there's also quarterback abilities that, you know, for instance, the bazooka is on uh, Patrick Mahomes, the NFL MVP from last year, where, you know, you meet the goals with him and then all of a sudden he unlocks the ability to really stretch the field vertically. It's going to add 15 yards to his max throw distance. And then when you have Tyreek Hill on the field with him, who's the fastest player in the game, that makes it very difficult to uh, – uh, put a cap on the defense and prevent Tyreek Hill from busting the coverage. Oh, that's so interesting. Maybe I need to get back into the Madden scene. It's really, it seems really dynamic ever since, uh, since I left. I mean, my, my go-to strategy was I had a giant fullback who was like one of the, the old legends. I think he was a Steelers guy. Can't remember his, it wasn't the bus. Um, it's gotta be Franco Harris. Franco Harris, that's exactly who it was. And I would run his ass right into the line over and over and over again. Give me a nice three yards until they, uh, they had to scheme change, pull the guys inside, then bust one out to the outside. That was my, that was the go-to strategy. It was just run it down their throats with Franco Harris over and over and over again. Yeah, and this year especially, I mean, they're making every single type of basically prototype player or archetype uh, that's another word that a lot of players use you know if you're a receiving back for instance uh you have christian mccaffrey on the panthers who has the ability to get special hot routes out of the backfield so with a standard running back you're going to have hot routes like the swing route or the uh the wheel route down the sideline you have option routes out of the backfield but players like christian mccaffrey or alvin kamara are going to have the ability to run angle routes so angle routes are really effective against man and zone so those superstar type players that are really tough to corral with a linebacker out of the backfield become mismatched nightmares underneath and you know it's just really opened up the depth of the ball game um, there's so many different things that can take over we've only talked about offensive ones i mean there's defensive ones as well where you know you have players like khalil mack and aaron donald and miles Garrett that are just almost completely unstoppable you have to double team them when they're in the zone or else you stand almost no chance of blocking them one-on-one -on -one. and even when they're double teamed they still get through quite often and they really impact the game more than we've seen defensive players uh do in, in recent years very cool and that's that's that makes sense based on, I mean Aaron Donald is the consensus best player in the NFL by pro football focused and a lot of different metrics so it makes sense that he should really be able to affect the game in a meaningful way when so many people in Madden or in past Maddens were always focusing on the offense. They want to be Mahomes. They wanted to be Vic in the olden days or Ricky Williams, whoever the just the consensus best offensive player was. So it's really cool to see defenses getting their shine instead of just being, oh yeah, like they're good. They're out there. Yeah, Aaron Donald's an absolute nightmare. Um, it's been a while since we've seen an interior pass rush really dominate the game. Usually the the top-level players, the metas, outside rushes, free edge rush, mm -hmm. blitzing those nickel corners. And your D tackles are kind of just chunky players that you know clog up the middle, try to prevent the quarterback from scrambling up the middle, stop the run. But now you get players like Aaron Donald that can rush from a nose tackle, a three technique, 
kick into a five technique and still get penetration up the middle. Um, and it, it's created different pocket play. You know, in the, in the past, it's always been sc- scramble straight back, chuck the ball off your back foot. Now those edge rushers are really good. And with the presence of an interior pass rush, it, it's added some skill gap to the game from a passing uh, standpoint, in my opinion. Cool. Yeah, a lot of uh, pocket presence there. So we could probably geek out about different aspects of Ultimate Team for like an hour. Um, But I want to talk a little bit about the event, Friday Night Football. So you guys just held a championship on August 9th. We were hoping to record this podcast before, but schedules just didn't quite work out. So I want you to set the scene for me a little bit. What is Friday Night Football? What was that championship event like last weekend? Uh, So... It's a long story. So we started with uh, what was called the Mutthead League. This was a league that I actually participated in in the first season that we ever ran it. Um, we, I actually was not working with Curse and Fandom at the time, but um, as a participant, I was in this league. It was sponsored and it was a great opportunity for competitive players to make money. And uh, that season, I just missed the cut for the playoffs to um, a very, very good top level player. Um, and at that point, I kind of realized that my days as a competitive player, uh, my best days were in 2012 and 13. Those days were probably over. So I decided to latch on with Curse at the time, now Fandom, and uh, we decided to try to build an esports community. Uh, we ran a league format, and what we found with the league format is that our engagement during the regular season, when the games didn't mean as much, uh, was a little bit less. So we decided to convert that into Friday Night Football. Friday Night Football uh, 28 is actually starting tomorrow, Um, and what this is is a weekly tournament in which we invite 32 of the top players in the world to compete online against each other for $1,000 winner take all. The top eight return the following week, assuming that their schedule is open, and we rotate out the bottom 24 players in the bracket so we continue to have a fresh bracket every single week while also having the ability to help some of these players build their brands and, uh, you know, make names for themselves in the competitive community. So um, this is something that was very popular. We were able to get sponsored with Grubhub uh, this past summer during Madden 19. And the thing that we saw with Madden 19 was that um, a lot of the competitive players were kind of down on the game. We talked about how Madden has kind of become reinvigorated with the, um, the X factor abilities and those types of things. It's created kind of a new fresh feel to the game. And what we noticed is that even in Madden 19, our viewership was really good through the summer. The engagement was really good during the summer and it was really taking off to the point that um, we were able to actually take some of our best competitors and bring them out to Dallas. And we, we went out to Dallas to the um, basically Jerry world, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, practice facility out in Frisco, Texas, uh, where complexity is, um, basically housed. So we use their esports performance center out there and, uh, we were able to run a tournament for $10,000, taking six of our top Friday night football competitors over the summer to allow them to compete in an exclusive tournament in Madden 20, uh, to, to kick off the year. And, you know, that event was just amazing. We had uh, great support, uh, by the community. Um, the chat was packed the entire time, very positive. And, you know, it, it just kind of reinforced in my mind what we're building here at Mutthead. Very cool. And you you mentioned that uh, the GameStop Performance Center down there in uh, Dallas. I wanted to ask you about that, actually, because that's quickly becoming one of the most important areas in North America for esports. Because you have, like you said, the Complexity headquarters. They moved right in next door to the Cowboys. Uh, Complexity is co-owned by Jerry Jones, fully owned. Uh, some He's some part of the ownership group of Complexity there. 
And then you have the Esports Stadium Arlington just about a mile away from there, too. Then the GameStop Performance Center. So you have all these different esports uh, venues and facilities all popping up right next to each other. Is that really what's the energy like around that area right now? It feels like really one of the most happening places for esports. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. Uh, you go down there and you have that public, it's basically open to the public. There's this giant field that's just in the middle of this complex where they have, you know, the hotel, the Omni Hotel, right across the street from the Esports Performance Center. They've got a Nike store, they've got Dallas Cowboys, you know, stores there. They've got a workout facility that I heard the complexity, uh, players are able to use, which is basically a Cowboys fit. It's a giant gym. Um, it's just a huge, co- it's beautiful. Um, as a Bears fan, I can even say that it's a beautiful complex. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, and then when you get into the actual esports performance center, you go in and complexity treats their players very well. You've got, you know, players lounges, you've got private offices, you've got practice rooms, you've got actual competitive rooms for the players to, to lock in and play against other teams in practice. Um, and then the actual studio was amazing. That desk basically overlooks the practice facility. You could kind of see the, uh, the field caddy corner to where the desk is in the backdrop. Um, they took really, really good care of us. Um, that area is, is really nice. Um, we also had worked with the, uh, Mavs gaming, which is out there in Dallas as well last year. So that place is just that, that whole area around Dallas is just booming with uh, a lot of potential for esports. Yeah, it's been, it's been one of the big winners of like the last year of different esports developments. You see something like, Oh, that's cool. It's, Oh, it's right next to the same, like two mile radius in downtown Dallas. And now I've got to get a trip out there. I was talking to some of the esports stadium Arlington guys and they're like, yeah, whatever. Like, let's get you out to an event, but I haven't been able to to trip out there. So I'm just living vicariously through your descriptions right now. That esports video in Arlington is actually going to be the home of the Madden classic, which we're running a road to the classic event right now with EA, um, where some of our winners are going to get a trip out to the esports complex in Arlington to play in that first major of the year for Madden 20. So yeah, uh, there's a lot of exposure for Madden down there in, in Arlington, Dallas area. That's a great transition into some of the different modes of Madden Esports. So for people who aren't as familiar with the Madden Esports scene, can you lay out the difference between Madden Classic and Mutthead or Madden Ultimate Team, really all the different Madden competitions that are being supported by the NFL or in that realm? So the way that it works is Mutthead is kind of a... um, we, I guess we could say we're not exactly in the MCS circuit, but what we like to do is we like to keep players fresh competitively. We try to mirror what season the actual EA owned MCS or the Madden cha- uh, championship series is being run on. So right now the first season of the MCS is called the classic. Uh, it's kind of a throwback style tournament. It's a live walk-up event where you know, it kind of throws back to those old school Best Buy Madden Challenge days. For those that don't know, that was back when they used to run Madden Challenges at all of the NFL stadiums. Players would line up 
you know, 200 to 300 people would travel across the country to play in a regular team head to head, no ultimate team format. You would choose your NFL team, go to war against your opponents. And the last person standing was the Madden challenge champion. So the classic is that very similar couch play style. It's not an online style play where you're sitting right next to the opponent that you're playing on the same television where they could be in your ear chirping at you after a big play, you know, a big interception, a bad read, really get into your head. It's a different style of Madden than the online play that we're running right now. So what we do at Mutthead is we try during the classic season where players are preparing to make sure that our Friday night football events are on regular teams to allow players to earn a little bit of money on the mode they're practicing on and be better prepared for the big time money that comes in the MCS at the end of season one. Then you start to transition into some of the other seasons. Season two is typically a draft champion season. For those that don't know what draft champions is, it is a mode where you basically are dice rolled three NFL coaches. You have to choose which NFL coach you want. It's going to give you their offensive and defensive playbook. And then you will go through a draft where you're going to draft 20 rounds of three players. You might get, you know, three 90 overall players in your first round, but they might be a quarterback a running back and a wide receiver. So that's a big decision for you. Do I pass up on my quarterback and maybe one doesn't show up later in uh, you know the third or fourth round or you know later on the draft, you might end up not getting a quarterback the rest of the draft. So there's a little bit of variability there and it shows that a lot of pl- the best players typically are the ones that can adapt to the team or the scheme that they're uh, choosing based off of the draft. And then of course you have the last season. This is the big one where you have the club championship series where players are playing the salary cap mode, where you're given a cap number to kind of build your team. So every player's ultimate team item has a a small number in the top left-hand corner of the item. And you're going to go ahead and build your team under a salary cap. And that also, uh, you add salary if you want to put abilities that we talked about earlier uh, onto the players. So you, you kind of customize your team, not only your roster, but the abilities that you could put on the players as well. And that creates the ultimate experience of choosing your scheme, choosing your team and your abilities. So you're a little bit of everything, the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, the head coach and the GM of your squad. That's incredibly interesting. I didn't even know all of those different aspects of the Madden. I'd seen the different things. So thank you for breaking that down for me because that's I didn't quite realize. I see the club championship, the classic, and I I didn't quite realize how they all fit together. So that's really interesting. I was getting a lot of fantasy football vibes as you were going through there with the draft focus and then with the salary cap, which is kind of like daily fantasy football. Uh, That's cool that there's sort of a combination of the – you know, everybody loves fantasy football. I mean, most people play at this point. And so to combine that and bring that into Madden is a really cool feature. Yeah, the salary cap mode has become a favorite of a lot of players over the last couple of years since it was brought into Madden. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that it is a very daily fantasy sports type of feel. Um, a lot of players play what's called the stars and scrubs approach, whether you're playing daily fantasy football or daily fantasy baseball, you spend big on the players you really, really have to have. And then you have to really comb through the lower tier players. You know, you're, you're trying to fit in those 10 cap Uh, minimum cap players on your team, but you still have to kind of squeeze a little bit of production out of them. You know, maybe you find a 10 cap player that's six foot six, which allows you to maybe put them in a spy over the middle of the field and try to take away that short throw. Also spy the quarterback. Maybe that's the only thing you could do because he's not going to win rushing the passer. He's not going to block shot in the run game. You have to really find those things that you can do. You'll see players that will um, look at traits on items. So, you know, for instance, you look at an item and you might see, okay, this player has the big hitter trait. You know, he's not fast. He can't excel. He doesn't really drop well in coverage. But if you run into him, at least I got a chance to force a fumble. Those are things that players look at. And uh, you, you have to get that production out of your minimum cap players. So it's really exciting to see how the players always build their teams. 
Yeah, giving the players more control over it is one of the best ways that sports simulation games can stand out. As uh, the sports simulation esports world is a little bit of an outlier in the in the rest of the esports world because it is tied to traditional sports leagues in a way that you know League of Legends is League of Legends. It has no bearing on the real world. It's not affected by the real world. Well, in sports simulation games, some games have struggled by being, I'll take the last NHL championship, or maybe this was 2018 and they had one in 2019 already, uh, but a recent, they did, just had the, uh, you could choose your team, basically. And so the finals ended up being the Boston Bruins versus the Boston Bruins. And I remember watching, I did a story on NHL and watching the broadcast of it was impossible because they're the same players on the ice. So the, the shoutcasters are trying to call out things, but it's the exact same set of names, and it's just impossible to follow and figure out who's controlling which Boston Bruins team. And that yeah. was like, can you imagine? You're, you're a shoutcaster. Can you imagine trying to call a game? I guess football is a little bit easier because it's two fully separate sides. But if you were just in NHL, there's five guys on the ice, and they're all the exact same five guys how would you how would you call that so that's a really that's a really really good point because when i first started playing madden competitively it was regular teams only so i started playing in 2008 2009 back there in that era the two most popular teams to use competitively were the dallas cowboys and the oakland raiders now the oakland raiders didn't make a lot of sense to a lot of players they were one of the lower rated teams in the game but as Al Davis drafted, you guys know track stars. That's kind of how they always used to play. So the way right. that it ended up being is every tournament was Cowboys versus Cowboys or Raiders versus Raiders or Cowboys versus Raiders. You didn't get a whole lot of the Patriots, even though, you know, Tom Brady was in the game. In 08, Tom Brady, that, that's also a, another side topic. Tom Brady is really great in this year's game. It's been 11 years since he was the best quarterback in Madden and back to 08. That was the last time that he was. So it's always been speed in teams players just choose the teams with the most speed and at the at the most recent event out there at the uh complexity venue it was a lot of cowboys versus cowboys and honestly you're not a shout caster if you've never had a situation like that in uh an actual sim sports environment where you accidentally called you know so and so is using the white cowboys and the other guys using the dark cowboys and then you mix it up over the course of the broadcast that is definitely a challenge is those those mirror matches were they doing that just because they were at the complexity center right next to to Jerry Jones world or is the Cowboys really the best team to use? In regs right now, you have basically four teams that are being used. Realistically, it's only two teams that are being used. Right now, the arm bar ability, um, that's the stiff arm ability that I talked about a little bit earlier, is far and away the most um, effective ability in the game. And Zeke Elliott has that armbar ability. So what you do is you mm -hmm. just hand the ball off to him and get yourself into a tackle animation. You spam the stiff arm button and he really shrugs off tackles really easily. Um, and it's basically Zeke Elliott and then the Browns are the other popular team because Nick Chubb on the Browns has that ability. Plus they have Baker Mayfield, who's a very mobile quarterback. The Cowboys, however, have the advantage of having one of the best defenses in the game because they've got the insane speed in the secondary. They've got Byron Jones, who shut down. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, who has the unstoppable force ability off the edge as a pass rusher. Um, and then even their depth players. We talked about building a salary cap team with stars and scrubs. With the Cowboys, they've got 
a backup corner who's like fifth or sixth on their depth chart who is six foot four and like 93 speed so you could put him in the secondary and make huge plays with that height because um you know he's going to be able to get animations from underneath in uh passes to really cut those off and pick off passes so a lot of players like to use that player's name's westerly um yeah the cowboys are truly the best team in the game right now that's really interesting. They also have a mobile quarterback. I mean, that's anybody who's played Madden or NCAA games in the past knows that mobile quarterback has been the single most overpowered thing and what everybody's looking for. Just because having a flat-footed guy back there, I think Tom Brady's a perfect example, it works well in pro football, but once somebody gets through the line, you just want to be able to break out and scramble and throw on the run. Uh, and now the NFL actually has a ton more mobile quarterbacks than they used to. So I'm sure that's also something you're looking for in addition to that arm bar ability that you mentioned. Yeah, totally. I don't think mobile quarterbacks will ever not be a thing. Uh, if you guys haven't gotten an opportunity to take Patrick Mahomes out for a spin in that game, his ability to throw on the run, make cross body throws, accurate throws while running in the big arm. He He's honestly the most dominant quarterback um, that I've used in Madden since basically Vic back in, you know, when Vic was with the Falcons, he's, he's that good. Yeah. Those, those old Michael Vick days were just something absurd in that. And there was no, I think we, I think we banned him as a friend group growing up. I think he was, <laughs> he couldn't be the Falcons. Yeah. Vic was, Vic was unreal. Uh, he's still the most sought after quarterback. I'm sure players are waiting on him in ultimate team this year. And um, honestly, I'm, I, I don't even want to think about cooking up a defensive scheme to try to uh, counter Vic at this point. I'll, I'll just wait till he drops and I'll figure it out when that time comes. Yeah, that's probably the best. Save yourself some headache. So looking at the ultimate team for some other things, can you give me some pros and cons? You have all these different structures. What are some of the things that you think make the ultimate team stand out, the ultimate team format? And what are some negatives that you think the other modes do better than ultimate team? So I think the first thing that you think from a competitive standpoint with Ultimate Team, and you get this with a lot of players, is that they feel like it, it could feel a little bit pay to play. Um, and, you know, you get a lot of players that will say, well, you know, I don't want to have to spend money on my team to compete in a competitive circuit. So that's the biggest con to the uh, the mode. I think the pro, though, from a competitive standpoint, is that the salary cap mode really marginalizes that argument. Um, you have the ability to build your team under the cap number. So whether or not the guy across the street, you know, is spending thousands more on the game than you are, he still has to fit a team under the cap. And with that being the biggest money mode is the salary cap mode that eliminates that a little bit. Um, so I think that that's the counterbalance to that argument. Uh, the reason I started off with that argument is because that's what most people go to when they talk about Mutt as, as a competitive mode. I think that EA has done a really good job over the last couple of years of trying to make this mode more competitive friendly. Um, I understand the business of any company is to make money. So um, they've done a better job over the last couple of years of adding these game modes like draft champions. You don't have to spend money to play draft champions. You have the ability to use a, you know, a Michael Vick item just as much as the next guy if the draft throws one your way in the quarterback round. Um, so that gives you the ability to really go out and test some of these players and say, okay, do I really want this guy on my team when it comes to the big money season for salary cap? If you like him in draft champions, you're probably going to like him when you put him on the field in salary cap. Um, the other thing that I think with Mutt is that the Mutt has always had such a great community. I remember when I came from the, the competitive side and started playing Mutt for the first time, and I, I found that that Mutt community was really inviting. Uh, Mutthead has been a 
you know, a very, very positive community. Um, and they've kind of embraced the competitive side of things. That was one of the big things that was a goal of mine when I signed on with fandom to be the esports program director was how do we close that, that gap between, you know, Johnny Walmart that is playing the game casually and, you know, the competitive players. Cause a lot of competitive players get viewed as, you know, the cheesers, if you will, um, you know, Oh, they're running unstoppable plays, you know, and we've done a really good job building this community and building a really positive vibe around these events. Um, to kind of show that, hey, these guys are just playing the game. Um, they're not doing anything that is cheating. Uh, we can help explain these things on the broadcast. Uh, and then they're able to do it within mutt. I think the biggest thing is that, you know, you might have a scheme in your head that just doesn't work with the Chicago Bears or any of the other NFL teams. In your mind, you need, you know, a speedy running back. You need a slot receiver that can do X, Y, Z for you. Maybe there's just not a regs team out there for you. For that reason, regs kind of limit you a little bit. You know, you have something in your mind that you just can't execute, but when you have the ability to build your own team, your your possibilities truly are limitless. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. It's giving you full control over building your own team. That also adds a lot to the skill gap as you have, you're controlling everything. You can't just queue up and try and run the Rams or the Bears offense. You have to actually come up with your own offensive scheme, really think about how the blocking is going to work, where you're going to be moving, how you're going to be attacking the defense. It, it adds a really important layer of complexity to the game. It truly does. I've, I've been really uh, blessed to be able to see this thing grow over the last couple of years. I wasn't quite sure how Mutt fit into the competitive realm um, because it had always been a regs situation for these players. Um, and for those that don't know what I'm saying, when I say regs, I just mean regular teams, the the regular 32 NFL teams. But uh you know, the, the competitive community has kind of come over to the Mutt side and uh, they've embraced that. More control is never a bad thing. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And you talk about the community and that was one of the reasons I really was interested in talking to you because learning about community events, and I did a little bit of this with the NBA 2K, the co-founder of Geek Leads, that's a previous podcast back on the Esports Network uh, feed. And you can hear we talk about really the importance of these community events because that's what esports was, you know, that's the building blocks of esports. Now in these days of sold out stadiums and Fortnite, $30 million prize pools, it's easy to forget what just even five to 10 years ago, the esports scene was really being driven by these community organized events, the hotel ballrooms, the on your own dime traveling across the country to meet up. And that's really what this seems like is the still that age of the community event. And that's some of the best esports experiences are those really, you know, when it's all passion based. And uh, that sounds like really what Mudhead does really well is there's a lot of passion, a lot of just enthusiasm for it. Yeah, it truly is a labor of love. Um, I remember back in 2010, 2011, you basically had grassroots private tournament directors that would throw those tournaments at, you know, say a holiday in and, and just a banquet room, or uh, you would go out and play at like a little mini video game store out there on the East coast. Uh, and you would only have maybe two or three of those events a year. All your preparation for the year went into those three events and they really weren't high cash prizes. Um, it was one of those things where you would spend, uh, 
you know, several hundred dollars if you were driving, you know, up to a thousand bucks if you were flying after your hotel. Guys would bunk up eight guys in a hotel room just to go out to these events and and really meet their, you know, their their true their true friends. I mean, this has become such a big thing for the community. And back then it was only two or three tournaments a year. You'd prepare for those tournaments. If you didn't win, that was your year, right? There was no Madden challenge to speak of at the time. So uh, those grassroots efforts are what really motivate motivated me at the time to th- say, you know what, this could be a lot bigger. This is something that really drives me uh, forward. And I, I decided at that point that that's why I wanted to really help do this grassroots thing. And it's it's been a blessing to really see where it's taken off to. The community has just been extremely, extremely positive, the competitive players and the uh, the casual audience alike. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, those are the days, those are the reasons why esports now has these massive deals with MasterCard. You said you guys got a Grubhub sponsorship. Madden has all sorts of different major sponsorships, but that wouldn't have been possible without the eight guys bunking up in a hotel room, spending their own money to get out to the events. That passion is really what's vaulted esports up to the stage it is today and organizers like you who have you know kept creating the events that are still creating those community events that are so important to esports yeah we've we've seen the community just really rally around it, it madden has always been a solo me versus you situation type of uh esport and now with the team play in madden too you're starting to get a lot of uh people clamoring like, okay, let's get a team play circuit up. Mutthead, what, what can we do? So we've even started some grassroots on that front just to kind of get, you know, more people involved. Um, you know, this is something that, you know, we want we want to create more players. We want to get buzz around all the modes in the game. And uh, hopefully with the, the help of EA and, you know, assisting EA with their their tournament circuits, we're, we're going to be able to do that. But, uh, you know, you got to start somewhere. And, and that somewhere was definitely eight guys in a hotel room playing, <laughs> you know, lab games, you know, at 12, 1 a.m. with a tournament that's starting at 9 a.m. the next morning. It was it was truly an experience, and it's one that I'll never forget. Yeah, those are those days are just so important to esports, and that's the energy that, you know, it's I, – I hope that the, the scene as a whole doesn't forget it. There's been so many new people entering it, and a lot of people who are entering in it with the not the best intentions, where they just see – dollar signs and you know i think remembering those days of the hotel rooms are really important the money's great i want the money to be in it but the people coming into it who are you know just looking for a quick buck or just see it as a good investment and don't have their uh their heads in the right place or their hearts in the right place uh, a little worry me a little bit for the future of esports just because there's so many people jumping on the esports bandwagon right now and it's like let's Let's slow down and make sure that this continues to grow naturally as it has for the last 20 years. I totally agree. Uh, one of the things I always tell my boss and I tell the community is, listen, uh, at Fandom, we work with we, we want to work with great players. But first and foremost, we want to work with great people. Um, you know, we want people that not only are um, viewers, but, you know, players that are in these events to um, understand that they're helping build something great and that, you uh, keeping that that positivity one of our other shoutcasters always talks about being a positive force for good and uh, that's really taken off in our our community uh, especially our chat anytime he's shoutcasting you see PFFG positive force for good just spanned in the chat and that's really kind of helped um, people understand that listen if you're a toxic person you're gonna be the you're gonna be the minority in our chat. Whereas you go into some other communities, I mean, I'm not trying to throw any other communities under the bus, but you go to some other communities, yeah. <laughs> you'll uh, 
you'll you'll notice that if you're the positive one, sometimes you feel like you're in the minority, and that's just something that doesn't that doesn't fly in our events. And um, to see the community really rally around it, it it's um, it brings a tear to my eye because at one point Madden really wasn't like that. I think we've made that U-turn and we're starting to go in a very positive direction. That's really cool. Yeah, esports definitely has struggled with toxicity issues in the past, and every community has had their their run-ins with toxic people. I mean, it's you know pretty anonymous until you reach a, a main stage, and it's a lot of young people. So the toxicity is sort of a natural extension of esports, but it's awesome to hear the Madden community is becoming more positive. Those are the best sorts of communities. And really, once you can start meeting up in person with people, that toxicity seems to go away as you can start putting faces to people. People aren't nearly as rude or mean off um, at a LAN event. In fact, nobody really is. Everybody's nice that I've ever met at a LAN event. Uh, so it's it's just the online nature of it. And the more in-person events you can attend, the more the community is like, yeah, we are. these are my friends. Like, I'm not going to be negative and a bad person around my friends. Yeah, that's totally been, and we've seen that. I mean, we get a lot of people, uh, we actually had a participant in our event last week that that was their first ever live event. So, you know, we want to make sure that when they come to play in whatever grand live event we have, that is a culmination of a, a circuit online or whatever we're doing, that we're giving them an environment where they feel safe and, and confident. And, um, you know, they're able to be around people that are going to end up being friends in the long run. You know, they're going to think back over, you know, I've been playing the game for 10 years and a lot of my closest friends uh, in, in the world or people that I've met through this community. And, um, you know, I think it's, that's, that's really an incredible in its own, right? That's not even an esports thing. That's just, you know, how, how the world is in 2019. Yeah. Very cool. So I wanted to wrap up this podcast soon, but I wanted to talk to you about the newest Madden. I can't believe we've done a 40 minute podcast and not talked about the fact that Madden 20 just released, uh, what was it? Two weeks ago now. Um, I want to talk about what's new in that game, because in these games with Madden NBA 2K, you know, it's always a new cycle. There's something new. The rosters update, of course, but they always introduce something new. So what is new in Madden 20 Ultimate Team? Is there a new feature that really stands out to you? Uh, I think the biggest thing overall was the abilities. Um, they basically took a lot of the th the feedback from the community that, hey, listen, in Mutt, in Madden 19, they've got all these really great abilities that make the game feel different. And they've got these things like secure pass protectors on offensive linemen that are going to allow them to hold up in pass protection. But when you play the regular team game, it, they don't have those abilities. So what they did is they took that, that feedback and they said, okay, well, you know, we could make these players play this way in regs, but let's really take what the people liked from ultimate team, which was these abilities and build on that. So for that to happen, they really went in and they started to say, okay, how can we make somebody want to use a receiving back instead of a trucking back? And they say, okay, well, if we give extra hot routes to the receiving backs to give them a different route tree, or we give the trucking back the ability to really have effective uh, truck animations and stiff arm animations, or how do we make uh, somebody want to use Tom Brady? Because we talked about how mobile quarterbacks are always king. I mean, they've always been king. Vic, every single year. Kaepernick was really popular. Rodgers, when he was mobile back in 12, was really popular. Um, and the whole reason that a lot of players used the Cowboys back in the day was when Tony Romo was young and a little bit more mobile than he was at the end of his career. Um, you saw those things. So it's like, how do we make these players feel truly different and provide 
something that you have to do defensively to counter them. So, you know, with Brady, it's like, okay, he's just a sitting duck in the pocket. So what are we going to do? We're going to give him the protected ability. So his pass protection holds up a little bit longer. Uh, we're going to give him the ability to have extra hot routes for all his receivers because he's the master of pre-snap uh, adjustments. We're, we're going to do these things to make these players feel different. And now they've kind of unveiled them, not only in Ultimate Team, but across the game. They've just kind of expanded on all those things. And it's really invigorated uh, the community. You have content creators that can do new series on YouTube. Uh, guys that are talking about, in this video, we're going to get so-and-so in the zone. You know, like, let's get Julio in the zone so that way we can throw the ball up one-on-one -on -one and make these spectacular catches in traffic with him like he does in real life. Um, those are things that the game had lacked over the last couple of years um, that they really take a concerned focus to to make the game feel that much different. And for me personally, this is my favorite version of Madden probably since Madden 12. And that that's being very honest as somebody who um, – just being honest, was not a huge fan of 18 or 19, and I love Madden 20 so far. That's really interesting that you say Madden 12. That was one of my games that really stands out as well. What uh, what separates 20 from 18 or 19? You mentioned the abilities. Is that is that mostly it, or is there something more to it? Um, I would say locomotion in general this year. Um, the past two iterations of the game, you've had players that when they run, it kind of feels like they're on a train track. Like it's hard to get them off of the the vector that they're on as they're running. This year, you feel a little bit more free. Um, you also have those abilities, as we've talked about, that really give them increased uh fake out chances on their ball carrier moves in the open field. So it just gives you more of a feel of control over the game. Another thing that's really big is on the defensive side of the ball. In the past, you've been able to kind of run around with a tall linebacker, like say an Anthony Barr, who comes in at six foot five, and you would be able to blitz seven guys, right? And that would be a base defense in 18 and 19, blitzing seven, dropping four guys in coverage. And then you would just run around with a tall linebacker and hold wide a ball hawk. So you could pick off a drag, but you could also jump up and ball hawk the post route that was behind it. And it was like, okay, well, you know, we got to get away from this idea that blitzing seven every single down is an actually base defense. This year, they've added things like RPOs. RPOs have been long overdue in the game because you have the ability to not only run the ball if the box count is advantageous to you to run the ball, but if they line up in a terrible alignment or they really cram the box with seven, eight guys, you could pop that little bubble screen to the outside and make them pay for bad gap integrity. I just think that the game overall with the abilities and some of these newer plays that they've added to the game has given people that don't just want to run one or two formations the ability to establish an offense. And that's the biggest thing for me personally is just giving people the ability to you know run that under center offense if they want to or run the the pistol offense or maybe run a spread offense you a lot of times compression offense is just the only thing that you have to do to have a chance competitively and this year feels really different you could do a lot of different things and, and be successful yeah i i feel like you weren't able to when i used to play it was shotgun only that was like the way to and when they're blitzing so much that was almost a necessity like i'd love to run an under center something more like heavy pro style but in i haven't played men 20 yet but some uh, in the old games, it just didn't even feel like it was a viable strategy. The drop back was too long; you didn't have any time to come to a to a decision. So it was sort of pushed you into shotgun or these different sets that were a little quicker off the draw. Certainly, it's it's definitely if this is what you want, that's the year you need to go into Madden twenty. Pack it in, run the I form, hit some of those RPOs where if they overcommit to the run, you could throw the ball quick to the outside instead of handing it off. It really make them pay. I mean, they have to choose one or the other. It, it's created a different um, 
train of thought defensively than the past two iterations of the game. And, and that's what I love most about it. Definitely. So we talked about some of the things you like about Madden 20, but you've been playing Madden for a really long time. And over the years, they've dropped some things by the wayside. So I want to know, is there anything from a previous Madden, some feature, a mode uh, that was taken out of the game that you would love to see return to Madden at some point? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, wow. I think, I think that when I started playing Madden, I want to say that that was 08. And this year kind of already did bring it back. They had little icons that would be underneath the uh, the different players, basically different abilities. So for instance, if your opponent would set up the same defense, you know, X amount of times, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady's light bulb would blink and say, okay, this is a defense you've seen four or five times. I'm reading it that way. You know, this year, obviously they've got, you know, the ability to give more hot routes and things like that. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I think that this year they did a really good job. They brought so much new, fresh gameplay that's hard to look back and be like, yeah, this is lacking. And I, I think that that is the best way to be complimentary to what EA has done. Um, they definitely faced a challenge this year. There was a lot of feedback over the last couple of years that, you know, the game needs to feel new and fresh and not just feel like a roster update. That's, you know, that's the low, low hanging fruit uh, thing that a lot of people say is, oh, it's just a roster update. But this year, if you're saying that, I, I have to question what game you're actually playing. Yeah, there's always something to change. And it's awesome that this is one of those years where there was a big change. I feel like some of the years it moves, you're like, okay, it's a little different. There's something, something here. But then you know, every couple of years, they really hit it with a game and it, it pushes Madden into another another level. And it sounds like Madden 20 was one of those years. Yeah, actually, while you were just saying that, one popped in my head. I, I feel like franchise, um, I would like to see franchise. That I mean, that's everybody's first Madden experience, right? You, you're kind of a little bit scared to go online. And so you play the franchise mode. And I remember like the first ever time I played Madden franchise before I played competitively, um, it was back when Tony Bruno radio was in the game on franchise. You set your hot dog prices, your vendor prices, your parking passes. <laughs> like I like that level of immersion. Um, that's something that when I'm, you know, just trying to, uh, decompress a little bit. I'll go into my franchise mode and and just kind of sit there and maybe play a game and 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 feel around and you know try to make trades that are you're never going to see in real life things like that. Um, I would like to see franchise you know bring back some of that immersion. They've done a little bit with the QB one this year, which is kind of a um, superstar mode, but you can only play as a quarterback. I would like to see them kind of uh, you know give a little bit of extra TLC in 21 to that mode. So if there's one thing, I, I would definitely say some TLC for the CFM community. Okay, I think that's a I think that's a great one. The those old offline modes were really the uh, some of the golden days of Madden. I had so much fun grinding the franchise or road to superstar or whatever it was but remember i did road to superstar one version i did it with like five different positions where at the end i was like an offensive tackle just for because i could i was like what is this gonna be like and i quit three games in because it was <laughs> i was an offensive tackle i was like okay this is this this got worn out pretty quickly <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely the ability to uh, play as individual positions. Uh, that was something they took away was that player lock camera, I want to say a couple years ago. So there was a lot of YouTubers that used to run uh, story modes, like they create a defensive back and and be able to be on that defensive back um, and kind of take you through their season and, you know, watch the games and play the games from the vantage point of that that corner third person view, which is pretty awesome. So I, I definitely like to see that come back. 
Yeah, I would like to see that as well. It's just fun. It, it makes me feel like a like a part of the actual team, like I'm actually playing that position, which, you know, it'd be, it'd be really cool. Uh, NBA 2K League's actually done something like this, where now it's five on five and they're controlling each player. I don't think that would work for Madden, considering you'd have to have find five people who want to play on the offensive line, and that would be that would be a tough. But maybe you could uh, you could eventually down the line have you know three or four players where it's a, a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, and a, a tight end or something like that, and then the defense has four user control players. That would be absolutely hectic and crazy to follow, but it'd be pretty cool to see. I, I, I'm on record saying that I think team play is the future of competitive Madden. You look around the other uh, esports that are popular, most of those most popular esports, even you look at 2K, it's a league format or a team format. Um, you're going to get the best camera shots. Uh, you know, you put me on a stage. I'm, I'm a pretty reserved guy in a competitive environment. I just put my headphones on. I keep to myself. I don't talk to talk at my opponent, try to get in their head. But you put me on a stage with two of my best friends. And we're running our scheme that we've been perfecting over two or three months and we're playing in a, uh, a setting. If I get an interception, I'm probably not going to get hyped up in a one-on-one -on -one scenario. But if my best friend gets an interception, I'm going to be chest bumping him, jumping up. It's going to be really good stage view for the for the viewers that are watching. And, um, you know, the, the team mode is gaining in popularity. I would love to see that become a competitive mode uh, on the MCS circuit. Three is the best number for it too, isn't it? You can have you know, the three main skill positions taken, QB, running back, wide receiver, and then on defense have maybe somebody locked to D-line, locked to backer, and then locked to secondary or corner and have the three levels of the defense also accounted for. I think that would be really cool. I'm, I'm not very familiar with the team play uh, genre. So is this an actual mode? That's a, that's a thing that people are playing right now? Uh, yeah, a lot of people just play it for fun, and it truly is fun. I mean, some of the best Madden, uh, competitively Madden one-on-one -on -one can be really stressful. Every game that you win or lose really um, kind of makes and breaks your day for competitive players. Uh, but when you get into a party with you know two of your better friends and you just sit there and you play three other people, you know if if your teammate doesn't run the right route and you throw an interception, it's whatever. You just laugh it off. You have a little bit of fun with it. Uh, some of the best clips that you see trending on Madden Twitter are team play things where, you know, someone gets an interception and then uh, the two teammates turn into blockers going the other way and they just like decleat somebody downfield to throw a huge block to spring the pick six and just hearing everybody in the mic going nuts. Uh, and that actual format that you just talked about, like if we were to mandate one person in the secondary, one person at linebacker, one person at, at you know, defensive line, that is like, if I was able to build from the ground floor up a squads format, that would be the exact rule I would have one guy on quarterback, one guy on running back, one guy on receiver versus one lineman, one uh, linebacker and one defensive back. I think that that would lead to some really high quality uh, competitive Madden just to, to see players, you know, being forced to play out of their, their traditional element. Cause one-on-one -on -one, it's pretty much the same. You're the quarterback, you throw to a computer receiver, uh, you know, you, once the receiver has the ball, then you're in control of them. Well, in, in squads, that's really not the case. Yeah, I, I love I love that idea, and I really do think that uh, squad based is going to be the best thing for sports simulation games in the future. It really takes out, like you said, you're throwing to a computer wide receiver. So if you don't have them controlled by the computer, it adds a really important layer of skill versus like hope my computer guy catches this right now um, versus actually having somebody run around 
dust them. And, you know, as much as the sports sim games can move away from relying on different animations that really mean a lot, whether this is, oh, we're going to catch animation and can actually seem more and more fluid, that's going to be when sports simulation games are really going to take off. They already have, obviously, they're a very important part of esports, but I think there's another level for them to reach when they can start really mirroring the team play and what we see in the physical counterparts of those games. I totally agree. I think that that's the next big step for Madden is to have a simultaneous squad circuit and a solo circuit, maybe start to see some of those solo players teaming up together. It's going to create some really watchable Madden. I absolutely agree. So that's every topic I wanted to cover with you, Zach. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Please let the audience know what you have going on for this upcoming year, where they can see you, uh, what Fudhead, or not Fudhead, sorry, what Mutthead is up to this year, and really anything else you want to say. Yes, you guys could check us out. Uh, Check us out at uh, Mutthead on Twitter, M-U-T-H-E-A-D, on Twitch, where we do our Friday night football broadcast every Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. That's twitch.tv slash TV. If you'd like to follow me personally on Twitter, I'm at Zan underscore 4 p.m. And what we've got going on this year is, hey, we're just going to continue to build this thing from the the ground floor. Uh, You know, 28 short weeks ago, we were basically streaming to 400 people. Uh, now all of a sudden we're we're streaming in the the preseason of the NFL to like close to twenty thousand people, which has really been a blessing. Um, and I hope that you guys will come out and uh, give us a watch, and uh, hopefully you enjoy what you guys see because we're going to continue to build this the best we can. Uh, and uh, I look forward to seeing everybody out there. Dang, twenty thousand people! You guys are killing it. That's a that's a lot of people for a for preseason. Um... Madden event. I mean, there's been some big ones, but the NBA 2K League in its regular season averages like 15,000, at least it used to when I was watching it. So that's it's pretty impressive that you guys have already reached 20K and you're only going to keep climbing into the season. Yeah, I think we're going to start to see maybe the prizes go up. I'm not trying to spoil too much, but uh, if this success keeps going, it's only going to be better for the uh, the competitive Madden circuit. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Well, that sounds awesome. Yeah, more viewers means more money, means more investment, means more sponsors. So congratulations to you. It's an awesome program you're running, you're building, you're working on there. Not sure how to how to qualify your role in there, so I just did every single one. Um, but <laughs> Hey, I'll take it. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much, Zach. Appreciate you joining. I will link his Twitter, uh, the official Twitch, in the description below. So if you want to check out some Mudhead games, be sure to follow him. And, you know, check out the season. Here we go in the NFL season. Uh, Your Bears are looking nice. My Rams are looking nice. It's going to be a good year. I cannot wait. Bear down Chicago Bears. Maybe I'll see you in the playoffs. Seems pretty likely. Absolutely. I I can't wait. This is a big season for us. Uh, Make or break for my guy, Mitch Trubisky. (laughs) I just can't wait. Let's kick it off. Shout out to Mitch Trubisky, one of the top five Mitches in all of sports. It's a pretty short list, to be honest. But... (laughs) You're number one, though, right, Mitch? No. No, that's kind of I, – I wish. I think it's Mitch Kupchak. I think I, I've, I've thought about this yeah, before. Yeah, probably so. I, I would go with Mitch Kupchak. Um, and then there's the, – I'm, I'm blanking on his name. There's the, the old warrior, um, Mitch. Oh, I'm oh, blanking on his name. Richmond. Yeah, Mitch Richmond. Richmond. I, think, I think those are the one, too. And then it's like Trubisky. There's like a, a first baseman for the – Mitch Moore house or something, first baseman for the Royals. Yeah, it's it's a pretty <laughs> short list, we'll be honest. Well, you know, I'll take it. I, my guy needs to to step up this year. I'm very confident he's going to do it. And uh, I think he's going to prove a lot of these people that have been saying some uh, 
throwing some shade his way. I think he's this is the year he proves him wrong. I think so. I've got him targeted as a sleeper quarterback pick where I do. I'm going to choose two really late round QBs in my fantasy football draft. If any of my fantasy football league mates are listening to this, forget I said that, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, Zach, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. I really appreciate it, man. This was awesome talking to you. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, best of luck to you. And, and thank you for having me on.